0: This is How To Become A Pro Wrestler, The Podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event.
1: What's up guys, welcome back to How To Become A Pro Wrestler, The Podcast. My name's John, sitting at the table with Aaron. Aaron, what's up man? Hey John, excited to be here in the studio recording another session. Uh, man, what do we what are we talking about today? Absolutely. So today we got a fun topic for you. Today I'm going to give you some ways on how to spot an awesome pro wrestling trainer. I like it. So way, uh, uh, quite a while ago in the past, we've uh, got an episode in the archives where I give you some tips on spotting a bad pro wrestling mm-hmm. trainer. So. I want to talk to you today about some positives, all right? Not all trainers are created equal. If you're going to devote your money, and even more importantly, your time, to a pro wrestling trainer, you need to make sure that trainer can get you the results that you need to make your money investment worth it. So in a previous episode, like I talked about, we went over some surefire ways to spot a bad trainer. But today, I want to highlight the positives, giving you kind of the flip side, but some brand new points today. Um, and kind of give you a mental checklist that you can use to rank pro wrestling trainers. And uh, you know, like we say, man, time is money and life inside a pro wrestling ring is all about maximizing your minutes. Um, All right, guys, if you did not I want you to subscribe and listen to Brian Breaker, my buddy Brian Breaker's podcast It's called You Know It's Fake right? You can hear me be interviewed on there It dropped last Monday I put a little blurb on our last podcast About it, if you haven't heard it though, head on over there and talk And give Brian Breaker's podcast a subscription And a listen to, we have some fun Talking about times of old And what's going to come in the future And what Aaron and I have going on right here On How to Become a Pro Wrestler So uh, give Brian Breaker some support, he's a really cool guy, really fun to listen to. I'd love to get him on our podcast someday.
0: Yeah, that was a good listen, John. I I enjoyed that that episode that you were on. I've also listened to some of his other episodes. Mm -hmm. I've subscribed and everything. And he has some good topics that range from uh, you know, collecting, yeah, you know, stuff all the way to you know just the industry and what he's done. So it's sure just great podcast. I had
1: a lot of you guys reach out to me. One of the biggest takeaways was when I was talking about you know not investing so much money and effort into big ticket items like T-shirts and mm-hmm. investing money and effort more into small things like stickers and buttons and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like that stuff never goes away, guys. That is a, a steadfast rule that you can learn. Um, so many people. That I talk to that make that switch, they start devoting their energy to smaller items like uh, like stickers, like buttons, like patches, like like just you know smaller stuff like that. Like I, I told that story on here a long time ago about wearing sunglasses and buying like a bulk box yeah. of like party sunglasses and stuff and selling them real cheap, but for for a profit, um, those are the things that are going to make you money, guys. Way more so than a than putting all your effort into one t-shirt that's going to cost people twenty to twenty-five dollars and maybe not be their style, you know what i mean? like it's it's hard to, for me to buy a shirt that i'm not going to wear. so if you come yeah. up with a style that a fan, you know, you got a fan of yourself but they don't like the style on your t-shirt, they can't see themselves in it, probably not going to buy it. so yeah. but a lot less uh, investment of them to, you know, they can still support you by buying a sticker or something. Um, And, uh, you know, they can slap that sticker on anything. So keep that in mind, guys. And and also, John, just on top of that, we just
0: posted last Friday that merch table video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So it's out there and explains how to to set the table up to kind of stand out from the other wrestlers, make it look good, and some
1: additional tips in there. Absolutely, guys. We are all over that. Check that out. Um, I love that video about your merch table. It's a really good one that we did a, quite a while ago. We need to update that sometime, but I love that one. It's yeah. really good. You should go check it out. So, All right, guys, but let's talk about the topic today. So I'm going to give you four things. I broke it down into four things that I just want to discuss today that you can spot in an absolutely awesome pro wrestling trainer. So here's number one. The first one I want to talk about today is authority. This was actually going to be my very final point of this podcast. I wanted to put it as the bullet point, but it's so important to me and it is so rarely spoken of that I want to talk about it right off the bat. Because like I've told you in the past about promos, what if you shut the episode off halfway through? I want to make sure you've gotten one of the most important things I want to get across to you. So we're going to talk about it immediately. I don't hear hardly anybody talk about how a trainer needs to be an authority figure. So a great pro wrestling trainer is unquestionably in charge, all right? Being friendly and humble are very important traits to have. But when it comes time to do business, a real trainer will have the room listening to his every word and making note of his every move. Commanding respect, all right? If you attend a pro wrestling school, and I can say this because I've seen it. I've actually seen it way too many times that I'm comfortable with. Once would be uncomfortable. I've seen it many times. You attend a pro wrestling school or a seminar even, maybe it's just a one-time or a weekend seminar or something, and the head trainer is super jokey, very laid back with all of the students before training begins, you know, that's kind of a red flag for me. Now, again, go back to what I said, being friendly and humble is important. Yeah. Being fun and jokey, that, that's cool. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm like that with a lot of people. Um, but when it comes time to training, I mean, the switch is flipped. Yeah. All right. Um, if the class begins and the students that are used to this person or maybe the friends of this person or maybe the students that have been there a little bit longer than you if you notice that they have absolutely no problem interrupting the trainer causing distractions during his instructions that's a very bad sign guys a great trainer should absolutely command respect are you paying to hang out with your buddies or are you paying to learn something all right if your trainer Doesn't have any problem with students playing around during the sessions. That probably means he isn't very confident in what he's coaching, and he's welcoming that distraction to kind of ease the tension of his own, you know, insecurities and his own Mm -hmm. uh, responsibility. So, guys, keep that in mind. When you are at a seminar or if you are in a pro wrestling school or if if you've networked around to get some information about a certain trainer or school, ask questions like that how do they how much respect do they command when they're actually doing their job and they're actually coaching or teaching um and if if you run across somebody that lets people constantly interrupt them you got a problem there yeah i mean and a trainer or Mm -hmm. a coach
0: should be right at the beginning, whenever everyone's getting there, getting suited up, getting yep. ready to go, it should be questions like, how are you feeling today? Right. Right? Like, you know, have right. you been practicing your roles? Have you done this? Like, where are you at? I, I mean, yes. you should be digging into everybody to find that information to
1: get planned for what you have Absolutely. coming up. Absolutely. They want, they're, they're, they want to know. They are interested and invested in you themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, so that was number one. That was authority. Let's move on to my next point, which is game plan, and this is kind of one I've mentioned before. So if you've listened to us long enough, you've heard this one come up before. There must be a plan. It is so, so important to me, and it's so frustrating when I come across trainers or seminar runners that don't have a plan. Be proud. When your trainer comes in with a solid outline of what the next six weeks are going to look like, yeah. a great trainer has the ability to craft that experience for you ahead of time. And, you know, we mentioned this last week, but, you know, a trainer is, is absolutely no different in this particular aspect in that he has an ultimate goal, right? He should create an ultimate goal, just like we kind of talked about you doing last week. Yeah. He should create an ultimate goal for you and work backwards to lay the additional rungs of that ladder in place so that you mm-hmm. can climb to that ultimate goal and more importantly his game plan is not set in stone it's written in pencil not pen whatever you want to, however you want to put it yeah. that's how he does it so that's right a good trainer has a plan and a great trainer knows when it's time to pivot make a few course corrections to get you where you need to be to get you back on track maybe his initial the rungs of the ladder didn't quite match up <laughs> to that ultimate goal but he knows how to add a different rung in there one of them breaks he repairs it with something better that's going to get you there anyway so, guys, course corrections are a huge, important part of the process. Week four, you know, on his plan might be dedicated to the back bump, but if a majority of the class is not progressing appropriately, it's time to switch gears and get everyone on the same page before you progress to that next step. Yeah. If uh, if your trainer enters the room on a weekly basis, making things up as he goes, like that's a serious problem, guys. It can you know it can really just point to his inexperience, but even worse, it could mean that he's already got what he wanted, which is pretty much your money, all right? And now he's just killing the clock till he can let you go and make you think that you've gotten what you paid for, when in reality, you did not. You just got some basic drills and you got some random this and that. So game plans are crucial for creating and developing um, professional wrestlers that can last in this business. That's exactly
0: right, John. Mm -hmm. And so on the authority Mm -hmm. and, you know, the coach should be asking questions to figure out where you're at, but that goes into the game plan because mm-hmm. he has a game plan. He says, Yes, I, I know that we're going to take these back bumps today. I'm going to check in on everybody. Right. And if someone says, Man, I wrestled this weekend, right. I kind of took a bad bump, my back's certain, then he knows how to pivot Absolutely. to make it work
1: for you and get you the best results during that session. A hundred percent agree. And that leads, you know, that segues perfectly into the next point, which is listening. All right. So mm-hmm. nothing signifies a good coach for me, quite like one that listens to you when you speak. When you have a question and that coach puts real thought into the answer, that's a sign of a great teacher, guys. Even better, when you have a question and your coach admits to you that they do not have the answer but they will find out, that's even better as a teacher. I do that constantly, guys. People ask me questions. I don't know the answer. I get just as curious as them, especially since my athlete wants to know the answer, and I do my research and try to help them out as best as possible. So this – rule really applies to public and confidential conversations if your approach if you approach your coach in private and discuss like a personal matter such as you know that relates to training of course um such as like a, a family issue or an injury that you might have a great coach is going to take your words into consideration so you know i like i'm going to add here like don't abuse your coach of course a world class trainer is going to also going to sniff out your bs yeah. all right just keep that in mind if a client came yeah. to me Though and like, let's say a client comes to me and they complain of a, a knee injury. My reaction will never be, "All right, we'll just skip all the leg stuff today." Mm-hmm. Never going to yeah. say that. All right, my reaction is going to be, "I'm going to ask them questions first of all. Why does your knee hurt? How does it hurt? What did you do? This, this, that, and the other." Um, and then I'm going to assess that injury as quickly as possible with actual motion, with actual movements, with with touch as well. And uh, I'm gonna get a game plan to get them the results they need by working around that injury and getting you know as much mobility out of it as I possibly can. Oftentimes what I find is that the injury feels better once you put some training behind it. So uh, if somebody comes to me with a knee injury and uh, I was gonna have them run or do squats that day, Maybe we need to switch and we need to do the sled or we need to do farmer's carries or we need to just step up onto a lower box or something. Like there's plenty of things that we can do with professional wrestlers when they come injuries that doesn't just go, ah, we'll just skip legs this week. Like that's not what we do. All right. If you have a trainer that blows you off anytime you express a concern or question, you know, then I mean, pretty much they're just giving you a sign that they're not quite as knowledgeable as they claim. All right, so you, you can't – if somebody is co- so dedicated to their plan that they won't even encourage the, the option of listening to you, mm-hmm. you got a, You got a problem there, guys. Keep that in mind. A good listener is a great coach.
0: That's right. Yeah, I mean, a coach's job or a trainer's job is to solve problems. Mm-hmm. You're there to solve problems. The, the, you know, the first initial problem is you want to be a pro wrestler and you don't know how to do, right. do the stuff, so we're solving that problem by doing that. And as additional problems, injuries
1: or yep. family stuff or whatever comes up, they should be listening and help you solve the problem. Absolutely. And, guys, real quick before I move on to my last point, I want to talk about Strong Styles. So, Strong Styles is our strength training program that we developed for professional wrestlers. If you are going to the gym and you are lost, you don't know what to do in the weight room, you're not sure how you should be training. In between professional wrestling training sessions, what do you do in the gym to complement what you do in the ring? You're looking for Strong Style, guys. www.howtobecomeaprowrestler.com or just check us out at How To Become A Pro Wrestler on all social media platforms, and you can find Strong Style. I, I love coaching people through Strong Style. I love it when people ask me questions about Strong Style or show me the results that they're getting, and I can help them become a better athlete and get more for their money out of that program Um, by getting some actual feedback from a coach and, you know, the coaches that designed it, myself and Aaron. So, like, absolutely, guys, please check out Strong Style for me. It's there for you. It's a valuable tool for you. Yeah. Talk about solving
0: problems on that last thing. Mm-hmm. We have a guy that's going through the program. He's been hitting it hard. Mm-hmm. He had a knee injury yep. from one of his matches. From wrestling, yeah. Yep. And he uh, he's part of our Facebook group, yep. which you know, we're there to answer questions Absolutely. and to solve problems and to help navigate on how to keep moving forward. And he messaged us and sent us some stuff, and right. we gave him the answers. And right. He's still hitting it hard, and it's modified what he needed to, absolutely. and going strong, and still seeing
1: amazing results. Still going, still doing his thing. Absolutely, without without having to, you know, the the answer a, a less you know a lesser coach could have said something like, "Well, let's take the next four weeks off" or something. Yeah. But you know, you can't say that to a guy that has he's not going to take the next four weeks off of actual wrestling. So you have to take into consideration the schedules and stuff that wrestlers have. Mm-hmm. But give them information that will send them in a direction to where they can heal and be ready to go in the ring. Well, I I think a good coach recognizes, if they've done training
0: themselves, they recognize that you have peaks and valleys of, like, how, one, how the program goes and injuries, but how motivated you are. For sure. I mean, from week to week, things go up and down on your daily life. So you can't waste not doing stuff you have to figure out how to if the motivation is high and they want to train you have to keep them motivated to keep moving forward right because if you don't it may end right there and the guy guy may never get back into it absolutely right
1: yep that's absolutely right guys so a good coach is going to be able to work you through those things all right i got one more for you today i want to talk to you about commitment the last sign of a great trainer that i want to discuss today is commitment all right a great and caring trainer cares when you don't show up and they care when you do show up but aren't putting in the expected effort. That's right. So if you aren't in class, they call or they question and they find out why. They message you. They find out why and what they can do to get you back or what they need to do to help, you know, make your experience better. Committed trainers are proud and inspiring when you come to class and put in the work, mm-hmm. all right? They actually care when they see you doing what you need to be do what you need to be doing. Yeah. So I've been around trainers who are thrilled when someone calls in sick or just simply no shows them i've been around trainers that do that i've seen trainers express relief when they're let off the hook from training and that's not how it should be guys it takes great effort to be a great trainer but you know some you know something a trainer should be proud and eager to do is training their client like mm-hmm. training their coach training their athlete or their professional prospective professional wrestlers so not eager to get out of it that's that is the sign of a very poor coach someone that wants to get out of their obligations. So if you think your trainer, you know, is paying too much attention to you, step back and reconsider. They might just be trying to reach you and tap into your potential. But yeah. So I I mean, I know, you know, we get that from the, uh, from the coaching aspect of like fitness and stuff. Like you, I've seen trainers come and go throughout the years that, that are happy when their clients don't show up. And it's always kind of frustrating because, um, you know, clients are a lot of people like, were were hesitant to reach out to a trainer in the first place and then you know it's tough like if if you're not used to working out and stuff it's tough when you first get into it and you need that coach as a support system so like uh, a client that really doesn't want to work they want the results but they don't want to do the work like a little encouragement could go a long way so if they you know if they go yeah um, you know i'm not going to be able to make it today but they don't really have a good reason and their their trainer is just like Okay, well I guess I'll just see you next week then. Yeah. No man, that's that's not the way you you, Yeah,
0: they get the the coach or the trainer hasn't given up on them at that point almost like or just doesn't care enough. Or like you just said, not committed. They're not committed. Not committed to it. I remember when I opened my first gym and I had I was man, I was busting it to try to get people in there, right? And so every every member was vital to the success that I was gonna get. So I called after they, they would come in. They would do a free workout. It was a group kind of program. Yeah. They would do a free workout with the group, and I would call them the next day to check on them. And I had one lady, it, it, it was so funny, um, her name was Brenda. Yeah. And she was so nervous on the phone. She was like, why are you calling me? I was like, I'm just calling to check in, see how you're feeling, you know, how you, you know sure. just get some information. At that point, she hadn't even signed up. She was just, right, you know, someone. Right, right. And she ended up signing up, and she, about two years later, she was still training with me. And we were just talking, and she was like, "That made such a big impression because no, yeah. no other trainer had ever called me right. to check on me when I. They would just ask me when I got there, and I mean, I was committed to filling that gym up, really. Sure, you know, sure. But to her success, and I, the only way to fill it up was to help yeah. the clients succeed. That's, That's absolutely right. You have to be committed to those people. Yeah. Well, man, and if I can say this, yeah, because this is you no, know, I've I've trained people for fat loss and you know athletes mm-hmm. and things like that, but the thing you are a pro athlete at this point if you're going to be a pro wrestler sure and you have to have a coach that is committed to you as much as you are committed to them right because you're not just someone that's trying to lose you know 10 pounds to look good on the beach yes Yes. you are trying to get there to be at an elite level right um so you have to have someone that's really committed and I guess I'm pretty passionate about this one in particular because I see so many people, so many coaches in my industry, that are not committed. Right. And they say they're passionate. They say they want to help people, but that's Absolutely. just a bunch of BS, man. Exactly. They're, they're really not committed. They're not trying as hard as they can. Absolutely. And then they'll blame the clients for not showing up. Get them to show up, man. Yeah. Get them to eat
1: broccoli. Get. I mean, You're they right. they got to be committed. You so. have to convince them to change for a lifestyle mm-hmm. change. Like you have to be effective and and convince them of that. So. Guys, well, a good coach communicates well, shows credibility, competence, respect, authority with everything that he does, he or she does. You know, his ideas come across clearly by his well-defined goals, direct feedback, and reinforcement of his primary messages. Never, ever, ever take a good coach for granted guys so this is a fun topic for me of course Aaron and I are both coaches we created this company to be coaches for you as professional wrestlers and to give you the online support that you can need that you need that you absolutely need I've seen so many people need and a lot of people lose out on their potential because they don't live close enough to a coach so we hope we can be that person for you. That's why we do this podcast for free every single week, guys. That's right. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. Hey, guys, and don't wait for your opportunity.
0: Join that Facebook group and let's take it.